भारत के पश्चिमी घाट को वंदित करने वाले महासागर के किनारे खड़े होकर मैं भविष्यवाणी करने का साहस करता हूं अंधेरा छटेगा सूरज निकलेगा कमल खेलेगा These words were just amongst the few that immortalized the man we know, Bharat Ratna uh, Atal Bihari Vajpayee, the Prime Minister of India, the ex-Prime Minister of India, who tragically passed away today. Um, someone who me, Pramod, and Sunanda all have looked up to, um, taken inspiration from, and have so much to talk about. Uh, with that, this is Adit Kapadia welcoming you to a very special edition of Mind Podcast. Uh, the three musketeers are back to talk about someone and about a topic that is so dear to their hearts. So, without further ado, I am introducing my co-panelists, uh, Pramod Kumar Buravalli and Sunanda Vashisht. Hi, Pramod. Welcome to Mind Podcast. Well, thank you, Adit. On a very poignant note, uh, then one of the best orators we have seen and grown up. Uh, his voice has uh, fallen silent. He has been uh, silent for the past 11 years, but, uh, you know, just having him around, having him uh, there in his, uh, uh, you know, in, in his uh, being itself was a sort of an indirect uh, uh, indication that that generation was still hovering around you. I know Sanandaji, this is a, a very sad day for you having lost your grandmother, uh, your father's uh, mother. Uh, this is a double whammy for you, but yeah. we have grown up seeing such uh, octogenarians, seeing such genial, very good people around us. We are truly blessed to have been around uh, uh, when Natal Bihari Vajpayee, Narsimara, Abdul Kalam, people like that strode and uh, provided leadership, much needed leadership uh, for our Bharat Mata. But I, 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 I'm very saddened that today has been a very uh, kind of a double whammy for you, uh, both personally and also from a, uh, a national uh, uh, standpoint. Um, thank you, Pramodit. Um, Indeed, um, somber day and it, it almost seems surreal. Uh, I woke up with uh, the news of my grandmother who was similarly ailing for a long time. Um, she passed away this morning and within an hour um, we got the news of Atalji passed away. So it was truly a double whammy. Both people I adored very much. Mm. One is personal but um, um, uh, I would not have agree to do this podcast. I mean, our family is in mourning, but I wouldn't have agreed to do this podcast had it not been for the man I adored um, immensely, and that is Atalji. Um, not just because, you know, because he was one of the finest prime ministers we ever had, not because he was also one of the best known external affairs ministers we had, not just because he was a great orator and um, um, a very fiery poet, but also because of the human being he was and what he brought to the politics. Um, uh, I know um, I, uh, it's, it's 
hard for me to you know gather my thoughts together maybe as we progress through this program i will uh, say a lot more but at the moment i am completely overwhelmed by emotion right now sunda so just to just to tell you about the enormity of uh atal bihari vajpayee's political career and i'm not even starting from where he started off in his personal life as a swayam sevak and all that he was with shama prasad mukherjee in the earlier days of bhartiya jansangh that is in 1951 shama prasad mukherjee picked up when he was right. starting bjs bhartiya jansangh hmm. he um, had picked Yeah, so that is that is you are talking about the early fifties, and today when we talk about his career, it is two thousand eighteen. Uh, now I agree that since two thousand five six he is retired, but from the fifties to two thousand six, that is an incredible career of fifty years. Fifty yeah. plus. And also, others. I have never known anyone who has been completely out of public life and out of sight almost mm-hmm. for about a decade. and yet people remember him so fondly hmm? across the spectrum and we'll of course talk about um, a lot of hypocrisy that there is well but i'm not talking about the political class i'm talking about ordinary people hmm. they are even though it was expected even though everyone knew he was ailing even though a lot of younger kids who um, probably were born after his era but they have read about him and there is this extreme out Boring. I don't remember this for any other politician in recent times. No, I mean, and and talking about younger kids, I'm going to include myself in it. But because I I I can. T- I'm talking actually about kids even younger than you. No, no, I know, I know. But the, the, no, the, but the, talking about no, the reason uh, why I, I no, the reason why I became a little selfish here was because Vajpayee was the first prime minister. I mean, when we were growing up, that we saw, right? I was too young when yeah. Narsimha Rao was the prime minister. I, I remember, and uh, he was. I mean, he was an enigmatic figure, right? I did not know. Like then, when I read about it, I found out why NDA one, NDA or at that that time NDA three from nineteen nine to two thousand four was such a big deal of leading a coalition of non-Congress parties, a successful one for the full term, was such a big deal. I did not know then. I thought that here is this, and that made me respect the man even more when I found out what had happened before it. So you know that's that's the amazing. But I think we. We're getting too far ahead of ourselves when we talk about Vajpayee as the Prime Minister. I want promote to start uh, talking. Let's talk a little bit about Vajpayee before politics, his earlier life uh, in as a swam saver uh, earlier, and then then he joined uh, when he was in the RSS. Then he joined the BJS, and then you know in the 60s he became that. So promote. I would like you to talk about that. Well, this is there is very uh, you know few people within the Sangh ecosystem. Hmm. That were born before the independence and were part of the Quit India movement. Also, very few people. Hmm. And I think he was arrested for almost twenty days, and hmm. then he had to give a written undertaking not to uh, do anything against the British right after the Quit India movement. But his days uh, as a swamshaver began very early. He was barely sixteen when he started going to the OTC. OTC is the full-time training camp, which usually. For three years, uh, it's now uh, it's called Sangha Siksha Vag now, but it used to be called OTC or Officers Training Camp. Mm. And he's just joined uh, that in 1940 when he was barely 16, and uh, for a full-time worker uh, to continue on doing education. I think he gave up law during the partition rights in uh, 
greatness of the man i um, so you you point you brought it the discussion to an important juncture when you talked about uh, him taking a political role so before that you had him in the parliament uh, and from what i've read uh, on the indo china war he was absolutely you know b- b- brilliant in the in his interventions where he took nehru to cleaners um, but but then uh, b- since after that the electoral success for the jansang remained quite minimal and 1980 is when the bjp was formed um, b- before that of course there was the uh, very significant event of indira gandhi's emergency that she imposed where vajpayee and others were put in jail and um, in 77 when they were released the um, uh, the janta dal uh, won a thumping majority the janta party at that time and uh, <coughs> um, 
Vajpayee became the external affairs minister. So my actually I was talking to my parents just before, and they were telling that when and this is very interesting in the 70s after the emergency when there were rallies all across you know Gujarat and other state many other states, Vajpayee's name was like everyone came to listen to Atal ji. his oratory his brilliant skill and i can't even imagine what he was at that time in the 70s because he he that time he was in his prime you know when we saw him as a prime minister he was a lot older and you know the speeches were a lot circumspect so i can't even imagine what it was like then no it is, i'll tell you there are two two distinct phases in vajpayee's life now i wish he was there in the social media generation mm. at least for at least 5 6 years there speeches out in the public domain so what you are talking about is from the speech but but i i want to bring sunanda in here so sunanda the journey from the external affairs ministers of the 70s to going down to almost two seats in 1984 to making these speeches in 1989 how would you describe that in a nutshell and then then take us from there to the 13 day government of atal bihari vajpayee So, uh, a very important event that happened, and it's uh, recorded very poignantly and evocatively in um, Tavlin Singh Darbar. 
she was a rookie journalist hmm. uh, who covered that massive Ram Leela Maidan um, rally, rally hmm. that um, um, challenged Indira Gandhi's rule, and essentially that was the first rally. They were told not to, um, um, you know, um, they, um, they did not have the permission to carry that rally yet. This was a rally where JP was there, Morhaji um, Desai was there, Atul Bihari Vajpayee was there, and this is the rally where JP thundered um, Singh Hasan Kali Karojan Kijanta Aati Hai. At that, at that point, Atul Bihari Vajpayee was the last speaker. And very evocatively, in very his poetic flourish, hmm. he challenged Indira Gandhi, and that is when. Um, uh, you know, the Tavleen Singh says, when I saw him and I saw people, they actually, they were rag pickers and there were um, ordinary people who would go around and they were giving him, they were actually giving or putting a rupee in the, because they were collecting money, a rupee in his pocket or a 10 paisa in his pocket, this is, we're talking about 70, a 10 paisa or 15 paisa and they were just giving it to a man as soon as, while he was talking because that was the effect of that man. And, and this is when he was sitting with JP, a towering figure like JP. So that was his oratory and that was that was the man he had. So the pan-India appeal, I agree, did not happen. Um, uh, just to add something, Suranda. Pan-India appeal did not, yeah, go ahead. No, just to add something, you know, we always talk about his sense of humor and his timing and stuff. And I uh, I remember Tavleen's book, she says that she, he comes in and they had come just from jail and stuff. And he looks at the people and he says, I think, Baad Muddat ke Baad Mine Hai Diwane. Uh, Diwane. Ab ko hai kai you know? This is, this is what he said, not just this. He said this in um, um, the speech. Yeah, in the speech. In the yeah. speech itself, he said, Baad Muddat ke Mile Hai Diwane. That's very, that is, yeah. That is what he said. Uh, um, in the speech and people went crazy hmm. so um, uh, the pan-India appeal was not still there hmm. he was still a um, what is pejoratively called um, cowbell politician hmm. pan-India appeal only came I think after his 13-day government fell so when he was as a leader of the uh, single largest party, he was called uh, to form the government mm. um, and in 13 days he could not um, um, garner enough numbers. Mm. He refused to horse trade, mm. which is unbelievable. He refused to indulge in any horse trading mm. and he stood in, I do not remember any speech like that by anyone in, in Indian history. He stood there and on that day he, what he gave us was a manual of how politics what um, uh, Pramoji was talking about shishta jar how politics can be conducted how politicians yeah. should conduct themselves that was a manual that day he knew he was going to resign he could have just done it without that without any speech or without saying anything but when he stood there and he said and the end he said Main abhi but before that, he elaborated why he didn't indulge in any horse trading, why he is not going to um, do any hanky-panky to save his government. He said, Sattva ka mujhe nahi hai. Hmm. Why he did that and why he even formed the government. 
He said, because when I was invited and I had the mandate of people, I was not going to um, say no to it. I tried. Mm. But I'm going to try it the right way. I'm not going to do anything that is not uh, um, acceptable. That doesn't mean he's not a politician. Of course he played for, he was a politician. But doing anything that was, no, that was unethical was not right. No, but let I me tell, ask you I, something. Uh, let, let me just something no no and let me tell you something sunanda and you know 99 mandate a lot of people misunderstand uh, and, and, and it's very important to talk about what you know that meant and what nda meant and that's what we want to discuss a little bit so coming to nda one you know uh, it's a bit a, a lot of people say that 98 also vajpayee got 182 90 99 also he got 182 but it's erroneous to see both of them equal uh, equally because um, 99 had bjp done as well as they did in uttar pradesh in 98 they would have done a far better you know uh, margin then in 99 there was also the um, uh, the uh, positive mandate because of pokhran and because of uh, kargil war this the election happened right after the Kargil war and I think it would be impossible and completely um, uh, you know unfair on our part to uh, talk about Vajpayee's legacy and not talk about Pokhran because I think that was the uh, most okay. the most that significant was, moment that was a gutsy I, I was uh, again like I said in uh, many of my exchanges with Chandrasamy I came to know how bad our situation was in terms of you know, the, from an economic crisis, we had just come out of the, uh, the situation. There was still a secular amendment on India, and uh, there was a very good consensus between uh, Nakshimara and uh, Vajpayee mm. that the, the credit should go to one of them. Mm. The scientific uh, community, Raja Ravana, Professor Juar Rao, Kasturi uh, Rangan, and uh, Abdul Kalam had had everything ready. And as was recently shown in this movie called Parmanu, which I really liked for a long time. I generally don't like yeah. the movie, but I really liked the way they showed how horrible 
the situation was from a, a, a Punjab standpoint. Hmm. Yet both of them knew that they had to do it. And <laughs> So no, and I would also like to recommend apart from Parmanu, there is a fantastic documentary in an ABP news show, Pradhan Mantri, where it talks about and Raj Chengappa has written a wonderful book as well on it. Um, you know how how they did it is the most incredible thing. Parmanu shows it as well, and uh, you know how. But but I have to say, and this is the amazing equation that Vajpayee and Dr. Kalam said shared that because in '96 he gave the go ahead, but his government fell. So it is alleged that in '98 when he called Dr. Kalam about this, Dr. Kalam. said that you prove the majority on the house and only then will we go ahead with the test and that is that is incredible i mean you know the kind of um, to uh, uh, that the scientists the top scientists in the country had that comfort level with the prime minister and there was a prime minister who you know uh, encouraged um, uh, scientists uh, to take make such calls independently so that was that was there and as sunanda and me were talking this morning that speech he gave where he literally stared down united states because united states imposed sanctions on india in 1998 uh, you know at 1545 hours India conducted tests in Pokhara. I mean, yeah, but he knew in '96 itself yeah. that everything was ready. There was mm. uh, that communication between Premier Sumara and Vajpayee that had happened. Mm. That had the government stayed on even for another two more weeks, mm. the test would have been conducted by Vajpayee. Yeah. Although Nasimara could not do it, and uh, he did not, uh, he did not feel uh, that uh, he should do it. And early because this, this whole testing, every everything else. Uh, from a preparation standpoint, was done in uh, late '95 itself, mm. but because of his own uh, uh, frail health, and he felt uh, Vajpayee was a appropriate successor to him, he passed on the information that uh, you know if you come to power, you just do it right away. But uh, he couldn't carry it. But let me uh, let me tell you something: that these were very confident men, although the times were not. Uh, the times of today, uh, the Indian stature of today is entirely different from what it was. It was still touch and go hmm. because the Soviet Union had collapsed. There was no external power that could come to India's rescue. Hmm. The United States was with its flying eyes, and uh, you know uh, the kind of confusion that State Department puts uh, many of these presidents to. Hmm. It was very uh, risky because of uh, not just economic sanctions. But all the technology transfer projects that remember the cryogenic engine project mm. uh, that has set back India's space program by 10 to 15 years. But still they went ahead because they knew that in the interest of the nation, if they were uh, supposed, if they wanted to be strong, mm. they had to get this done. So, uh, and they, they both start to become absolutely, absolutely. So we come then to the last part of um, Vajpayee's legacy. The, the, in the '98, there was the uh, bus trip to Lahore, um, which was followed by the the Kargil War. And I mean, he showed exemplary leadership during the Kargil War. You know, we took a very um, controversial decision, whatever way you say it, or a morally upright decision, where India decided not to cross the LOC and. Right after the, you know, there was one national security. After that, you had the IC eight one four issue as well, crisis that the Vajpayee government had to deal with. So you know, Sunanda, how do you view Vajpayee's legacy in the last four years, five years of his prime ministership? I mean, or last four years, first four years, yes, maybe. I mean, his active oh, political God, life. Uh, there are, you have to look at his legacy. You cannot just, um, you know. 
point out one aspect. Just no, no, I'm not pointing out one aspect. I, that, that was just I a. Talked ju- about uh, economy at all. No, no, I, I am coming uh, to it. No, no, I'm coming to it. This, huh. because uh, that is that is most important thing. I mean, the boom that we had from 2004 to 2014, almost uh, that UPA one enjoyed was because of him. He opened the um, economy. He had the um, guts to uh, privatize the sick um, PSUs. So um, this is he's the one who started the disinvestment ministry. So um, and the telecom revolution, go to quadrilateral. He understood what um, uh, the importance of infrastructure. So all that is there. So. Um, as far as economy is concerned, I think he left a very, very tall order for anyone to reach. I mean, I thought we did very, very well according to... Uh, no, in four and a half years, the steps taken... Four and a half years. Yeah. And as far as foreign policy is concerned, which I have studied a lot more in detail, I have always said this, and I have said this in public, that as far as Indo-US relationship is considered, he took it to the different level. The kind of, uh, he paved ways for the bipartisan consensus that we see today on India, both Republicans and um, Democrats, it's because of his work, it's because of his, remember America placed sanctions on India, yet, the, um, you know, the relationship we enjoyed with the United States right after that is something that he and Brigitte Mishra together um, did and he deserves huge accolades for that. He is the one and now we go around using the word natural allies for India and United States. But guess who started that word? Mm-hmm. That was Prime Minister Ratul Bihari Vajpayee who said that India and United States, the oldest democracy and the uh, largest democracy are natural allies, even though we were not different allies or we were not part of NATO or part of any other organization that um, uh, um, you know US is part of, yet we were not part of those countries and everything, yet he saw India and USA as natural allies. Remember we are talking about back then, now it's easy for us to say that yes, Ford. No, 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 not just that. that. time it was not possible. Can, can I add? We were coming from Ford uh, that, that, was, that was a huge step. No, I need to add something to that also. Also, the improvement in relations with Israel. With yeah. Pr- Prime Minister Ariel Sharon came to India when Vajpayee uh-huh. was the PM. Absolutely. Yeah. Some of them, some of them uh, hmm. might be add that some of them are continuity of uh, uh, Narsimha Rao's policies, absolutely. security apparatus right. that was put in place mm-hmm. by Indira Gandhi, Rajiv Gandhi, eventually even Narsimha mm-hmm. mostly even Narsimha and then uh, naturally that... No, but I think P.D. Narsimha Rao saying that we should open up with the United States, mm-hmm. he continued it. Correct. And then the result was, try to understand the, the magnitude of this. And we have not given, I don't think there is any other country that has pulled this. So, within yeah. 15 years, we went from US putting sanctions on India to United States and India signing a civil nuclear deal. Yeah. So, I'll tell you, five game changers. Five game changer economic decisions, if you like, permit me, just two minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. The whole idea of GST was his. Although the Congress keeps saying that it was ours, yeah. and uh, mm. you know they keep fighting the this BJP government. In 2000, it was Bhaskar who set up the committee to design the backbone and the technology. And they, of course, they didn't have consensus, and the whole thing was set aside uh, by uh, how many, like 15 to 16 years. But the, the most important 
backbone on which the economy runs today is on the fiscal responsibility act uh, which is that fbi frbm okay this was done under vajpayee in 2003 hmm. uh, to reduce the fiscal deficit and to keep it under the 3 percent this was not chidambaram chidambaram keeps saying this was his idea but it was vajpayee who said and set that benchmark that it should be under 3 percent of the gdp they have frbm the parameter that was set then you naturally you did mention uh, telecom uh, disinvestment was also mentioned many of those big behemoths that was leaking uh, and were leaking of inefficiencies was there but uh, uh, sarva shiksha abhiyan that's also something that today uh, uh, when we talk about akshay patra providing mitted uh, meals mm. uh, the whole concept of right to education and the precursor to that uh, you know at least uh, free free and compulsory education between 6 and 14 mm. that would not have happened had it not been for what i was man the man covered as much ground as he could in 6 absolutely did his job had his own uh, of course i would say 10 to 15% weakness in the in the form of uh, letting go masood as uh, hmm. uh, this this uh, so called uh, infatuation to try to become a statesman uh, and and trying to make peace with a, a, a country like pakistan Uh, but those are minor uh, things, yeah but if you look but but, but pramod you know just like you yeah. talked about economy i want to talk about something that's very passionate to me that's infrastructure and uh, truly like the golden quadrilateral is just one thing but the infrastructure improvements made under atal bihari vajpayee's prime ministership at that time bc khanduri was the transport minister and then you know the legacy is carrying being carried forward right now nitin gadkari is doing that was amazing I, you know highways and roads and stuff for the first time were being presented as you know uh, in a good way as a poor issue that you know the the, the uh, situation is improved and stuff and the cornerstone for india's leap frogging into the infrastructure industry and we have many many miles to go i mean this is just the beginning was started by atal bihari vajpayee so you know credit to him where it's due so economy infrastructure foreign policy defense um, i mean wow and this all of this in just four and a half years that is just incredible and uh, uh, this with uh, just 182 seats in the lok sabha so wo tension to tha hi coalition ka so He was not in full control from 2003, late 2003 on what his health was failing. Mm-hmm. This is just like you rightly said. Although he was the prime minister for six years, mm-hmm. just in four and a half years, handing it over to Manmohan Singh in such a good uh, shape, mm-hmm. economy that was. उट it that one day he was uh, b- b- meeting vajpayee and he says he was glum and he's like kya hua he's like ab aapke baad jail alitha ji aane wali hai something like that <laughs> so but anyways what, i mean you know what a uh, if the word if the phrase the end of an era was ever to be used i can't think of a better person whose life you know to be used Or a better time to be oh, used yeah. than today. I mean, yeah. You know, oh yeah, the middle class, the aspiring middle class, mm-hmm. which was completely uh, down and uh, 
dejected in the 80s because of the license quota uh, raj and the lack of privatization really had two great leaders Pina Sumara and then his natural successor in uh, Atal Bihari Vajpayee more so Vajpayee because Vajpayee had uh, a, a stature even within the sangh where he could balance certain elements within the sangh who did not understand uh, the entire spectrum of government there mm. was times yeah. when the sangh uh, especially Sadeshi Jadran Manch used to uh, pull it uh, uh, all the strings that, uh, that were possible to try to uh, Mm. Uh, have Atharvihari uh, Vajpayee pay attention to some of the issues which were not really in the interest of uh, India at that point but the balancing act because of his stature, because of the way he could nuance it and most importantly because he has a, he had a very good scientific temperament mm. a very progressive uh, uh, you know uh, man who knew that you had to balance you know mm. uh, uh, you know when, when, you, when, when asked why uh, we needed a weapon. He said we, we, we needed a weapon because we have, uh, as a civilization, we have to be in a position where we can negotiate from uh, strength. Yeah. Mm. Ah, because strength. And, and, and we, 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 you know, Sanandaji, uh, I know that my Hindi is not as, as uh, good, but what you have come to the point where I wanted to end the podcast with Vajpayee the poet. I should have started with that. I just wanted to I just wanted to say one thing before we get to Vajpayee the poet. I just wanted to say that his biggest contribution of course was telling Indians that there a non-Congress government is possible. So that was one. And his other, um, a non-stable, uh, non-Congress stable government. That was my first tweet this morning, that economic, financial and all are great, but the major, most important thing, making Indians believe that this is but possible. Biggest, even bigger than that was, even bigger than that was, making Indians believe that we have a place in the, on the high table in the global order. We do not care what others say, and he did that his finest moment. Okay, so now I'm. Everyone tells me I'm yeah. flat out of time now. I mean, we've okay. we've gone like we've budgeted for thirty. We are at fifty minutes now. So okay. you you have to give you give me twenty fifteen seconds about his poem, and I'm I'm, I'm to end with his poem then fifteen seconds. Yeah. What did Vajpayee mean to you, and Vajpayee the poet? I thought Vajpayee um, as a poet was. Um, a fiery poet, of course, and uh, um, uh, a lot of people think that uh, as far as literary poet is considered, he was very ordinary. Um, but I don't consider him a literary poet. I consider him a political poet. He also carried forward, he used his poetry as a tool for his politics. Mm. And I think in, and no one has used this act effectively as him. Mm. In his poetry, I mean, for years, for decades we have tried to decide and we have written thousands of books on who you know even today people write what is a Hindu who is a Hindu how can we call a Hindu yet in a poem of six paragraphs he completely defines Hindu from any valley civilization to the present day he tells you in six paragraphs in six verses he tells you who a Hindu is absolutely and, 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 and I want to play the whole poem but I can't so I'm going to play the last two stanzas a little bit of the poem for you please listen to it and get inspired Inspired. So here is. He was an, he was an embodiment of Hindu pain. Huh. Yeah. Ji understands this very well. That pain 
छाती का लहू पिला पाले विदेश के सुजित लाल मुझको मानो में भेद नहीं मेरा अंत स्थल वर विशाल जग से ठुकराए लोगों को लो मेरे घर का खुला द्वार अपना सब कुछ हूँ लुटा चुका फिर भी अक्षय धनागार मेरा हीरा पाकर ज्योत मेरा हीरा पाकर ज्योतित परकियों का वह राज मुकुट यदि इन चरणों पर चुक जाए कल वह किरीट तो क्या विस्मय हिंदू तन मन हिंदू जीवन मेरा मैं वीर पुत्र मेरी जननी के जगती में जौहर अपार अकबर के पुत्रों से पूछो क्या याद उन्हें मीना बाजार क्या याद उन्हें चित्तौड़ दुर्ग में चलने वाली आग प्रकर जब हाय सहस्त्रों माताएं तिल तिल कर चल कर हो गई अमर वह बुझने वाली आग नहीं रग रग में उसे समायो पूजने वाली आग नहीं रग रग में उसे समाये हूँ यदि कभी अचानक फूट पड़े विप्लव लेकर तो क्या विस्मय हिंदू तन मन हिंदू जी को गुलाम दैट वॉज द मैन दैट इज इज लेगेसी पोएट पॉलिटिशियन प्राइम मिनिस्टर भारत रत्न आर्षदांजलि टू प्राइम मिनिस्टर एक्स प्राइम मिनिस्टर अटल बिहारी वाजपेयी टू से दैट ही बी मिस्ड इज एन अंडर स्टेटमेंट but he still lives on in his words in his writings in his speeches that's it from mind podcast this week uh, i thank pramod and sunanda for this a fascinating exchange please write to us i know this is all we talked about this week but we can't get ourselves to talk about anything else but we'll be back next week with more this is a special podcast just on prime minister atal bihari vajpayee this is adit kapadia signing off thank you guys